This episode of the Cup Project Podcast was uploaded on the 5th of November 2018. Hello and welcome back to the Cup Project Podcast. I am here with Tom and Matt. Hello. Hi. Oh, that was... That was... Dark. Yeah. That was, yeah. That's the theme of today's episode. Dark. So Halloween's or, been and gone. Or Dark Matt. Oh. Yeah. The last podcast wasn't a thing because I was on holiday and, you know, sometimes I deserve to go on holiday. Uh, fun fact of this podcast is I, I had a very funny thing happen to me this morning and I woke up to a message from my friend Mike uh, where someone recognised me in their Tinder photo and uh, they were just like, oh yeah, I was gonna, uh, I swiped left on him because um, I don't want a boyfriend that wears nail varnish better than I do. So I'm like, I've peaked, guys. I've peaked. (laughs) So this is my swan song now. This is my final last ever episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go bury myself and just just wait until I die. Mm. Because why why keep going if you've peaked? That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I mean, you never hear about someone climbing to the Mount of Everest and then climbing down again, do you? No. They yeah. just stay up there. They just stop. They just a pile of corpses with the top. Which is why the Mount Everest record keeps getting beaten. Yeah. Because they keep crawling up the people. That's why Game of Thrones is actually an alternate future because all the uh, all the dead winter people, I've forgotten their actual names in the show, uh, are actually just people who climb Mount Everest. Yeah, and they die and then they, and they come mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Reanimated. It's all, yeah. It's all canon. Yeah. It is, yeah. I'm fairly sure that's what George R. R. Martin said in his first ever press conference, which yeah, is why yeah. Game of Thrones never really took off, which mm. is a shame. But then they got sexy uh, sexy Kit Harrington, and then people j- didn't care about the law. They only cared it. about that bot! I just don't get Kit Harrington. He has such a boring face. <sighs> this episode of the Cup Roger podcast only has Matt Tom in it. <laughs> and he said well, Matt. yeah. <laughs> Tom and Dark Matt. It's Dark. It's Dark Matt. It's Dark Matt. Dark Matt. I say um, inherently negative things. <laughs> is this the real life, or is this just fantasy? No, this isn't a review of the new Bohemian Rhapsody film. We're going to talk about D and D today because I am here with the host. That seems really disappointed in me right now. No, it's just I just I just hadn't prepped my body beforehand. Yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am here with Tom, who is uh, the host of uh, the Rhyme Quest. He is the DM, as well as the well, just the whole world creator. Woo. And uh, Matt, who is the DM. Hmm? Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Matt, the creator of Nova, a brand new uh, ho- homebrew D and D live stream, stream stroke podcast. Mm. It's more of a live stream, but you know. Yeah. But it is available in podcast form. Yes. In the future. Yes. So that's why they're here today, because this is what they call in the industry a plug. So we're wiring nice. up that plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I thought it'd be very interesting, because I like writing. I have attempted DMing. Well, there, there was this one time on this podcast that I did a DM. It wasn't very good. Um, but I enjoy okay. learning about how you make fantasy worlds, because from my point of view, I'm like, it must be a lot harder in certain aspects than just writing a story because you've got to deal with the fact that your game can have bugs <laughs> and you don't find out about those bugs until you're playing. <laughs> so it's not like a video game where you can test that shit mm. uh, as well as, you know, you, ha- you still have to write yeah. the world. See, because my thing with that is that I don't really, and one of my favourite what world I've made is a D&D game me and Thomas played um, it was just like an old campaign I just like kind of had a like a country and that was just kind of it and then Tom's character his whole thing was that he just goes around asking questions about everything so I was like oh yeah there's this and I gave a little description and he's like cool what does that mean and I was like oh is this and he's like cool what is this and I was like oh it's this hey Hello. how goes Ross here now hi Ross hi is also on the Rhyme Quest and makes D&D worlds. He's part of this podcast now. Deal with it. Life changes. Life comes at you in all kinds of ways. If you start hearing fireworks as a heads up, happy Guy Fawkes, because that's when this episode came out, as well as I recorded it the night before, which might have been a mistake when it comes to my planning. (laughs) D&D. D&D. You were saying, I was saying about bugs and like Um, testing. 
Yeah, and um, like my whole way of making stuff is that I kind of set out just like basics, and then like I well I don't know this actually is less for Nova the one I'm currently doing, but it was definitely for that one. Is that I made the whole history through the players going through and being like, what is the history? What, 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 what like what's this? And I was like, oh, it's this, it's this, because I'm much I'm much better chips are down man than anything. <laughs> More of like an improv world build than a the, like sit down. Uh, and... Yeah, like this person controls this and mm. these people know all these things. Because mm. all my campaigns go down to like the characters rather than big overarching political straits. Yeah, yeah. I have noticed that in Nova so far, whenever we've played, you it, it does feel like you fleshed out like the history a bit more. Because when we normally play campaigns that you've had, like... Here are the basics, and then yeah. everything gets improv. This you're yeah, saying. Yeah, there is a lot um, more in this. It's like, oh, I'm very like you start being like, oh, <laughs> the law, and you're like, in the back of your mind, I'm like, I'm excited to see what nonsense will occur. From this. <laughs> it, it makes it much more immersive, isn't it? When you, yeah. when even if it's not actually there, when it feels like everything is just like you know the world is actually a real like you know you're in a w- real world, even mm. if it's in somebody's head. It's like it makes it a lot more immersive mm. when you know you feel like it's all the answers are already there. Yeah, it's, really yeah. it's like when we played your one, um, and we were. All, it was just like cool. You're going through this bit, and then we came across just like the army, s- the army people just passing by because we we took a pretty serious tangent from the intended play in Ross's campaign. <laughs> um, and instead of being gallant heroes to oh, save the land, oh yeah, uh, turned into uh, thieves and pirates. Who were wanted by the Elven Kingdom? Yeah, yeah. so that that went well. Uh, that... <laughs> we stole a boat, right? No, we, we stole the crown jewels. Of things. We stole, stole crown, crown jewels. jewels. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, then we bought a boat. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's one of those points where we went. There was like, oh, there was a war brewing, and all stuff was going on. And then we kind of bailed from the Elven Kingdom, and then we saw an army that they talked about there moving because it wasn't just that it wasn't moving because we hadn't done it. It was like everything was still happening and all the pieces were still moving. It's just that we weren't moving in a way that they directly affected us anymore. Yeah. And it was it was really cool to see all that and have all that happen. Oh. It was. No, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, just, I just wish I had my characters. Because like, I broke many a phone between now and <laughs> multiple campaigns. I've lost so many characters off my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Maybe I should just swap over to Sheets. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I, got, I got a new phone recently, and my old phone, I, I've literally just got it for my D&D characters, so like, my old phone <laughs> is like Cal. That's the, yeah. that's the fifth edition now, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, just You can upload it to Google Drive and then download it. That's See, what I've been... What that's I found what, how I kept my latest three characters. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> what I found with that, though, is that you can't level them up. When you've imported one from Google Drive? Oh, I can. Oh, you can? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's been updated since I tried that. But then I tried it once and I was like, well, that's never happening again. That's probably Mm. a recommendation for us, by the way. That fifth edition, it's like a green D20, uh, fifth edition. Yeah, it's made by uh, Walter Kramer, I think his name is. It's a very good app. And yeah, very good. Mm. Literally lived by it since day one. Yeah, (laughs) that's the same with me. (laughs) I know a lot of people use the, um, I mean, D&D Beyond is probably great. But it, we, it is what like, you 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 should use D and D Beyond, but if you don't have the like sixty quid required yeah. to get it, then you should get this yeah. for, for yeah, like exactly. two pounds. That was the problem with D and D Beyond is you know, example, even if you've got already got all the books, you, you still, still need, need to, to get them. buy yeah, it. Yeah, for example, if there was a sixth edition of D and D to come out, I would totally go like on the ground floor day one, get D and D Beyond, yeah. and then get all of my resources through that. Mm. But seeing as we did already already been playing for like a few years and already had like four or five books, I didn't want to spend like an extra hundred quid. On things I already owned. Yeah. So, yeah. if you want to play Five E and you've already played for a while and want to use like a phone app, then I'd say a lot of people uh, swear by Fight Club. I don't like that because you have to download all the information to it. So just uh, Fifth Edition Character Sheet is what it's called. It's green uh, D twenty as the logo and it has everything there that you need uh, and updates regularly and is just generally it's pretty good. Pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pre- pretty cheap to get the premium one. Like, yeah. It's a level up. You'd have to do it manually if you mm. wanted to, not pay. Yeah, uh, it's, it's cheap. It's only like two yeah. quid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it de- like it does have a lot of uh, looking at the book, like referencing the book, mm. being like, ah, oh, see page, blah 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 for this, um, and a lot of information does get 
like lost in the weeds of all the text but it also gets like condensed doesn't it as well so sometimes yeah. the wording kind of gets lost i suppose mm, yeah, yeah one of my characters know. has an ability called twin strike but in the book it's called something else you, uh, it's, it's, yeah it's, well because yours is called twin strike and in the book it's called horde breaker that's what it yeah and right. it's just it's like slight name changes and things like that but yeah. i think overall for what your main purpose of using it is which is a point of reference yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Again, we swear by it. So mm. yeah. <laughs> um, as well anyway. as the fifth edition spell book as well. It's, oh, it's that's something I started using recently, which is really good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've not seen that. I get to Big fan of it. Yeah, it's it's just um, it's just an app that has you can make a spell book for it, and it ha- it can like track how many spells you've used a day, and counters and things like that. And if you say if you've got uh like find familiar, and you you're you have the need the stats of a cat, then you can program the stats of a cat into it. Oh, okay. So that you could just have them on hand instead yeah. of having to like keep three or four books in front of you oh, for all nice. these different stats. Oh, cool. Mm. And also, it has like all the spells in the book, so you can just like if even if you even like I, I go on it just to check what spell effects do, even if I if my characters don't have them. Mm. And it's just it's just a pretty nice app to have. Nice. Pretty useful. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a quality cool. of life thing. Yeah. What do you do not of world building then? Um. I think mine is don't over plan because some like you know, don't try and answer every question because I've I've done that before then you know with the, the the goal of trying to have all of the answers ready I kind of have overwhelmed myself with trying to you know answer too much that's not relevant to the session yeah. or mm. anything going forward um, so yeah unless specifically asked or it's going to come up don't really think about what's going on in the background too much yeah. unless it's necessary I think mm. the fundamental of that question is ask why not what don't yeah. ask what's happening ask why the NPCs doing them aren't doing them because yeah. it's like oh you've got um, this general is attacking this town uh, or you can say this general wants something that's in the town yeah. so you can take that away as a player and then he'll go after you or you can just have this general that doesn't really know what to do because all it knows mm. to do is attack the town in like the the real binary terms of it. So I think just the general question is like working working out the why of things happening instead of the the just the direct actions. Yeah. Do you ever do not? Or... Um. I don't. I my, mine again because my general style is like I have a lot of NPCs like a lot in my campaigns because I like them and I think they're fun. Um, but I think my thing with general world building, I guess this kind of rubs into it, is just feel free just to drop, just to be like, they're not in this bit. Yeah, just don't be precious. Yeah. yeah. I just like, oh, there's a thing happening, but the PCs don't have to meet every single world leader in the world. Th- wars can happen and the PCs are just none the wiser mm. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can mention things in passing rather than having them involved in everything. I mean, and then you can have a situation where the, the player characters will meet uh, like meet the leaders of one kingdom and become friendly and then they'll start a war with another kingdom and they'll be like, well, those guys from that kingdom are the bad guys. And then eventually they go over there and meet, the, like, meet those characters of the opposing kingdom late, much later on. It's like, wait a minute, you're not the bad guys. We're just, we're all just dudes. And then it creates like an interesting dynamic for the players mm. where you don't don't need everything on the table at all times. Okay. Um, Tondra actually really wanted this in the rank quest, which um, was like, because we were focused on a single continent, even though the whole world was there. Um, we didn't get to meet anyone from it. But then eventually we did meet people from it. And that was always fun because it was like, ah, oh, this is all the stuff that's going on. And it's like, oh, hey, why didn't you help? And they're like, well, you're a different country and we had our own things to deal with. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, with seeing as the three of you have uh, well the two of you have hosted you've been a part of I guess I've been a one but um, D&D either podcast or live stream the difference between presenting one and the difference of like just sitting down on a Tuesday night kind of playing consistency consistency like internal world consistency is so much more important when you've got um, like an audience there yeah. who can possibly like binge your show or go back and listen to episodes or watch episodes. You need to have your world, the important bits, like the, the main 
the, the big hooks of your world be consistent where in a homebrew game you can just be like oh hey um, this is the story you're going through and this is what's important and then if someone goes like oh hey isn't that this because I've got it written down here like, oh yeah that changes now and then just change it on the fly mm. if you're if you're displaying your world to an audience who aren't playing it's not the play itself that, but the presentation of the world that's important so having that display of authenticity and internal consistency is a lot more important in like and but apart from that i i can't think of anything that's really different because when it boils down to it it's just you just play in the game yeah. but there's people watching you play the game yeah. i think it's important to try and keep it as you are just playing the game because mm. you know it, you don't want it to be too like staged or anything like mm. that. you just want it to be you know friends playing D and then yeah kind of the authenticity comes through yeah it's not to say that that type of game wouldn't work yeah. I can imagine like having a like a you, you've got a bunch of people who do theatre yeah. on a stage and they have like they have a and d session yeah. and then they kind of play it out on a yeah. stage that would be really cool to watch oh yeah definitely but for the type of games that we have played and for like mm. the actual play style of, of um, D&D game it's it's really kind of important to kind of keep that it's actual play it's yeah. just us playing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, what would you... let's go with your top three favorite things to do when building a world? Then, so like, what what element do you instantly as soon as you start thinking about building the world? What are the three things that set you off? Like, oh, I'm excited to do that or that. I have big, th- I like big theming in between things. Like this place is so starkly different to the place directly next door because I want the themes to be different. So it's like you go to one place and it's like, oh look. This place is like, it's, it's built by I don't know, like gnomes and stuff, and they're like super high on technology. So it's all kind of like it's kind of more like Metropolis with like there are there's electricity and things, but that just hasn't like breached other places because people just like some things are, but other people don't really care. And the next bit is like the Wild West because it's just like oh, yeah, we're all just having fun sitting around. I like I just, I really like big weird themings and things. Like I like colour and flavour with stuff. I just really do. I just really like oh out I like of, things to be colourful and weird. You definitely come across with more flavour in your world. Like and, and that's not a thing no, I need yeah, to like remember. It's, like, no, it it's is different. it's true. It's like Matt the way Matt DMs is much more of um with with me and Ross you get I, I feel like there's more of a sense of we put you in a scenario mm. of like we put you at the beginning of a book. Yeah. Um that's more like Maybe it could be something like Lord of the Rings, or we put you at the beginning of Harry Potter. Uh, Matt drops you in at the beginning of Alice in Wonderland, and then you just go, and there's just like, this is weird. It's intentionally weird. Yeah. It's meant to be weird. Go find out why it's weird. And it's just like that different style of. of, I was was about to describe it as like you get put into yours and you get put into a typical fantasy story, even Mm -hmm. though we all still follow the fantasy story kind of storytelling but um matt kind of goes along the lines of an anime <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. you have these arcs and the 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 flavor kind of stuff and mm. yeah mm. very different kind of yeah thematics mm. and I, I do like that that's why i like when we bounce around different like play styles it's like you still you get everything yeah. one minute you have an italian one minute you're having chinese and then <laughs> the next you have yeah, an indian it's, it's like, like yeah. definitely there's so many times when it's like I know that us three at least have been sat like I just want to play like a proper I want it to be the Lord of the Rings like I want it to be so hardcore like proper real fantasy stuff yeah and other times it's like we just gather around we just want to like fuck around and chuck shit at gnomes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but with you three you've always at least when I've been playing with you you've always homebrewed you've never gone with one of the books at I, least I, from what I can remember I've really tried <laughs> you've tried you we've just tried don't get on it. is it it's, it's, it's one of those things where like I would have to spend so much time reading uh, the example we've got is Horde of the Dragon Queen because that's the book we own because we were like hey I've we heard did. that name so many times yes yeah. and I've always really wanted to play through it but as, as if I was going to DM it and I have a couple of times, like I've DM'd like the first section about the first two, two chapters, the first two chapters DM'd, about, yeah, about two or times. three times, and it's like I get to certain points and I get to places that my 
that, that my players have, have got are like they want to take a particular road mm-hmm. and I'm like okay I don't know what's down that road all I know is A B and the connecting line mm-hmm. so it, it boils it down to unless I think that if you were to agree to um, have players that like definitively followed the hooks that you put in front of them, mm-hmm. or if you were to if you were to do a lot of research into the world, like more like if you've been playing since first edition, you know the world, you've read all the background lore, you've read all the books and things like that, you know the setting. It's easy enough, but mm-hmm. for someone who joined in at fifth edition and has never played through a book before, I can't as effectively improvise off a book as I can off my own world. I suppose yeah. it kind of takes away the whole make it up as you go along thing like although yeah. you know you're you're completely at liberty to just make it up as you do go along but because you know there is like uh, like an, a lexicon of information yeah, yeah. there already you um you kind of feel like you can't it feels make it up like, because you've probably you the chances are you feel like anyway you're going to give the wrong answer then you're mm. going to go back through the book and like, oh no i was wrong there yeah, yeah. Mm. um with so I, would an accurate description of that be like when you create your own world you are essentially playing an open world game you're not stuck on these these paths. You can technically go wherever you want, but like obviously there's limits because as DMs you're going to be like, no, you are not doing that. You senseless child, because you will get killed. <laughs> um, uh, but there's going along the lines of the book, and I'm not actually saying that it's like mm. this, but it's like Final Fantasy Thirteen, where you, you as a DM you feel a bit more stifled to be going down, even though that you do have these routes that you can go. All this has been decided mm. for you, so you end up being less of a creator and just telling someone else's yeah. story. It's so yeah. weird, because it's like, because we, us three, played Hall of the Dragon Queen, we read the first two chapters, and we DM'd again, and we were all like, we want to stop and play it with group, because this is so much fun. Yeah. But that would require the person who is DMing to read the whole thing, which, obviously, if you're making a story, a D, if you're a DM, a DM, you already know the whole story, but I come to it with the book and I'm like, oh, but it's a book. I don't want to know the end before everyone else. Yeah. I'm much more... It, I know, it's, weird, <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can't just like read one page and be like, okay, cool, there's all the information on that page, that's all I need to know. And yeah. then flip the next page and be like, oh, oh, this is fun, let's do this page. And then, and then you read the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I think, like, no, but when someone else is like playing a game or watching a film that I've already watched, then I, I just kind of, I start looking at someone when big moments start coming up so I feel like if I was DMing I'd be like okay here's the bit and just start <laughs> staring at them like here we go so I guess that is I honestly valid. don't know why we haven't it's because we have to read the book and nobody, yeah, wants, it, nobody it, wants to sit down and be like I will be the DM for this yeah, yeah. it's one of those things where if if reading that book was as fun as creating my own world I would do it. Yeah. But it's just not. Yeah. <laughs> I think creating your own world is like as much of playing as, you know, mm. it's kind of like the players play yeah. D&D, the DM plays making their own world mm. and then kind of... They all yeah, that's actually, that's actually a great thing. It's like, if, you, if we play a book, the DM is playing significantly less than the players are. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's not, a, it's not work. But it's yeah. like you have to read all the thing and then know everything that's coming up, and it's like you don't necessarily have to be more prepared, more or less prepared. But it is a lot less fun watching people walk through a world that you haven't made, but you've yeah. read all this stuff, and it's like okay, so this is the way it's supposed See, to be. What I'm planning on doing because I'm currently in the middle of making a massive like open world mm. setting. So what I'm planning on doing is going through books like Hall of the Dragon Queen and going through like some of the other play books that I've got and adapting them to my setting. So it's not we're not playing through the book, but we're playing through the story of the book in my setting. Mm. In, okay. in that case, nice. so it's, it's like I'm not. I, I've got these kind of these stories, and um, I, I bought like a load of different books in um, a little while back. It was like a humble bundle thing. Yeah, like a load of different um, playbooks, and I'm gonna look through those because we played through one. Um, me. Uh, Matt and our housemate Alice, we played through one and we got to sections and it was weirdly easy in some places and absolutely deadly in others. And I, I remember just looking at it being like, this doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. So 
I think if I was to take maybe a maybe a dungeon layout and the enemy types, and then like fill that as I saw appropriate, rather than just taking something from a book and then playing it down. And maybe this is obvious, and maybe this is what everyone else does. But when I looked, when I first looked at the books, I assumed that you were meant to just play through the books. Yeah. And like the more I look at the books and the more I see the things in them, the less I think that. Yeah, I'm kind of just having this conversation now as well. I'm thinking, it's surely it's more just meant to be like an outline of, you know, bits yeah. and pieces around the world, and then you kind of feel, you know, when something in the book comes up, then you go to the book. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, you mm. do your own thing. But I don't know. It just the fact it's a book and it's almost you know it is like a this is a guide to DM kind of yeah then it, it, it doesn't feel like you're supposed to be allowed to do mm. that so i suppose there might be a cognitive thing, thing yeah. you need to get one, past. one thing i would say is that the books are probably a great thing to use if you're a first time dm mm-hmm. because having that kind of structure there where it's got some of these big players in and where you can if you're like first time dming and there's obviously like some leniency there so mm-hmm. you can just be like wait a minute i need to check that um i think that First time DMing is probably really good for doing that. Yeah, I suppose it helps with like encounter balance and stuff like that. Yeah, that was yeah. always something like now I just I really I, I honestly don't care. I just no, like, yeah. throw as much as possible <laughs> see what happens. I, I it's <laughs> like, well this is a cave, what lives in caves just flicking through the book. Troll? Troll dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me, and Matt, <laughs> me and Matt were playing with another person from the Novo campaign. Um Liv was ca- uh, being the DM yep. last night. Um, and she set up all the thematics. <laughs> it was all thematic. I told about this earlier. Yeah, it was all themed. We were going through this maze, and she was like, "Oh, we'll get scarecrows in because that was the first thing that she found." We were all at, we were both level four characters, and then she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna get a tree." What level yeah. was the tree? Yeah, there was a big treant, and I was big things like, "Oh, it's real!" And a treant is a challenge rating of nine, and we were two level fours, <laughs> and it kicked. <laughs> The shit out of it. <laughs> so Liv was like, oh, okay, I'll nerf that because that seems way too hard. It's like, yes, Olivia, please do because I'm di- I'm literally dying. <laughs> and then we, it was like, a third of my so... health straight away. And that was when she was rolling bad as well. So yeah. I was like, well, it, it, was, no. it was so intense. And it, yeah. yeah ch- challenge ratings are definitely the, an encounter balance is the hardest thing about DMing because you want to make something that's challenging but not difficult if that makes sense but you you want that sense of progression you don't want obviously there's there's certain scenarios you can you can have a a mission that's just oh we hunt a dragon so that's you have one extremely powerful enemy it's like a deadly fight and then the the party has to work out like different ways to like weaken it and trap it and all stuff Mm. like that but mostly in the traditional sense of D&D you go through a dungeon you fight minions and then you fight the boss you've got to find a way for those minions to be a threat without being threatening and Mm. it's it's this like strange balance where you you've got to have it It, it's more to do with like consuming resources from the party rather than actually dealing damage to them and expecting it to kill them yeah dnd like combat is more like a thing it's more about attrition really Mm. than than actual because if everybody blew all of their cool you know cooldowns i guess or all of the yeah Yeah. like you know if you you use all your spells i've been playing a little while (laughs) (laughs) use all your spell slots like all um all you know, one encounter and one like you know, consecutively within rounds, you know, just fireball, 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 or mm. whatever. Then, yeah, you can take out anything like pretty quickly. But if you know you've then got to go on to something else afterwards, then you yeah, know, you've got, you're more conservative with that. And then that kind of, yeah, I think it's a lot more about resource management, which is kind of, yeah, I've been that's what I've been learning anyway. I think mm. it's, it's more about like. How you manage your resources and mm. how can you get the players to spend their spend their resources, yeah, yeah wisely, I guess. Because yeah. I've noticed while we've been doing the Nova campaign, it's probably the most serious I've been. Like I've been looking at my character, being like, I need to make, I can't spend everything now because we're not gonna have like a long rest next. Because um, yeah. I know my character can meditate for four hours, so I'll be like, I could let take less time than everyone else, but that's not gonna happen. That's feasibly mm. not gonna happen. So. I need to take a big brunt of ow now and hope <laughs> everything will be fine later on. Yeah. Is it, it's the gamble. It's a it's that wonderful thing of looking at your health and all the enemies and being like, 
I can last this turn if they don't max roll every hit on me. I should be fine. And then <laughs> and just like hoping for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get max roll and then you're like, I've got two. And then Tom rolls, uh, Tom rolls two on advantage five oh, times yeah. in a row and I, then also gets crit four times in the same match. <laughs> yeah. I, I rolled, um, I'm a Battlemaster fighter rolling um, with a feint, which means that I get to roll twice and I have to hit roughly a 10 or 11 on a d20. That's roughly a 50-50 chance. Yeah. And I failed that roll five times in a row. <laughs> on a, So that's 10 dice in a row that I failed to get, but I, I got lower than 50% on. So, and then I got... The, and then, yeah, then the, five, then the 5% five chance happened three, like three or four times in a, in a like, oh, it was rough. I cried. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a religious man. I don't have faith. <laughs> But I do believe dice are sentient, and that yeah, if you treat them badly it. one time, they'll just fuck so, with you. I, know it I was playing with your you dice yesterday, yeah. and it took a long time before they started <laughs> yeah. getting on with me. <laughs> yeah, I know it doesn't matter how you roll, I know it's completely random, but I have a technique for every dice I pick up. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's because I, I tend to buy a new set of dice for every character that I play long haul, yeah. because um, when playing Rhyme, do my character James, I would have his dice, which I swear to God would roll really well when the story required him to roll really well. <laughs> because the amount of times I crit or just got a really good roll in like the chips are down, he needs to roll well or people will end up dying. And then it's like, cool, I crit. And it's like, woo, everyone, yeah, oh, the story <laughs> makes sense. I'm just like, yeah, I, I. I don't know. It's there are magical items that you have to attune to yourself, yeah. and you have to attune to a character. It's like that, that, this dice for this character. I have so I have like five, six pairs of dice, but I they're specified four characters. It's like yeah. I have red dice for this character, and I have these dice for this character. Um, I bought Alice for uh, for a birthday metal dice, and I was like, okay, these you know they there's they're, they're not. Plastic dice cost like a fiver. Uh, well, yeah, nine quid for the whole set. Depending on time. who you get them from, I spent a pound on one from Amazon the other day. It was uh, great. They came <laughs> from China though, so they took three weeks, uh, uh, which is fine. <laughs> um, but I was like, if those dice roll bad, it's my fault. Yeah, it's my <laughs> fault if we die. And it's you should become Olivia, who will never roll well. Ever? I don't does she understand. use the metal dice? She does. Those dice are evil. She's got three sets of dice from the same company. She, they're, they're all in that. They're all in that box there behind you. Two of them are from the same company, I believe. Because and one of them is just dice because she was sick of uh, the curse. Yep. But I don't believe that the curse has. I think she just rolls these like ones. These are the ones she rolls badly with. Yeah. Right? Okay. One sec. Sorry for the audio. Me and Ross gonna roll. No, no, no. It's all. It's all ASMR here. <laughs> well, I got an eighteen. Yeah, maybe right. I should keep them, Tom. <laughs> maybe I should. Because <laughs> they're attuned to people. <laughs> yeah, they're waiting for the right person. And as we, uh, or wand, like the Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> the dice chooses the player. <laughs> yeah. That's why you see My... people in like uh, board game shops like running their hand over the glass, like, <laughs> muttering under their breath, these ancient characters. <laughs> and one of them will just flick to 20, and it's like, you are my dice. <laughs> All of them start like rumbling. <laughs> I don't like when people stare at my dice when I roll, because the amount of times Liv has like seen me roll with my new metal dice be like oh it was nearly 20 but land on two and I'm like stop staring at my dice because that was probably one <laughs> even though it's not a thing it's not no. a thing my soul is like it's, it's real it's so stupid it's, it's so real. fucking paranoid I so I have recently realised and I've told you Wild Magic Sorcerer is my favourite class oh really uh, I've, I've played I, so in our buddies campaign Aaron I play Wild Magic Sorcerer and I love it to death yesterday I played Wild Magic Sorcerer and it is so Sick. I love them. <laughs> I fucking hate rolling dice for spells because I can't roll those dice again afterwards. And it sucks. Because it's just like, oh yeah, it's like I'm using Scorch Array. Gonna roll 3d20. And it's like, cool, I rolled a 2, 5, and a 9. Which means that I miss on my second level spell. And now my highest point of utility is now fucking useless. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate rolling dice for spells. It does seem it weird. so it, panicked. Because you've got a... Uh, like a fighter or a barbarian who can mm. consistently deal that damage and you've got the the sorcerer and stuff and it's so you need to be like so good at magic for it to still be the same especially mm. if you consider that after a while most of your highest damaging spells are going to be uh, saving throw related mm. which means that you've got to rely on the enemy either having really bad stats 
or you having a super high you DC. having super high DC because it's which your max is fifteen. I right? think that's the max you can possibly. No, it's I think when you have saving throws, it's like the is it the advantage is like just naturally tilted towards the like the person rolling the saving throw because mm, something it is, like that. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's um, but also the saving throw is is eight plus proficiency plus um, what's it called plus modifier. modifier. So the max you can get oh, okay. without magic items is nineteen. Oh, okay. But that's a level twenty character, yeah. And mostly, you're gonna uh, the enemy's gonna be rolling fourteen, fifteens, mm. um, generally when you get like at most levels of play that you get, yeah. which is which sucks, yeah. And I hate sure. it. And it it's one of those things where if you haven't got a character that's like specifically built to do that, even if you've got like a plus three modifier, modifier, then it's still only like twelve, mm. and twelve is not a hard score to beat. Mm. But the damage is so sweet. The damage is so sweet when it hits, though. <laughs> well, I suppose that's why that's a lot it. of spells have half damage. Because mm. it's guaranteed damage that you, yeah, can, that's true. That yeah. you can have. I suppose it does make sense. Okay, I'm out. You know what? It's just frustrating. Yeah, I've, been, I've played spellcasters, and it's just like, when, when you really need to, and then you don't roll badly, but they roll well, and it's like, what can I do? That I can't do anything in this situation yeah. to do this. What did I do to hit you? Yeah. It's annoying with stuff like um when the character the scarecrow is you can't attack unless you have a magical Yeah, it, the, it's, it's like physical damages. Yeah, yeah, um, resistant. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like it was so many times I was just rolling and I was like, Yeah, go crit, double everything. She's like and it was like four damage. Four, and it's like fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Or I chopped one fucking fireball and I insta killed shit. And I'm like, I'm a god. <laughs> um, game glitches. We'll go for next. Like it could be from campaigns that we've done and never noticed. Like you have realized, oh fuck, this is a bit broken, or things that you've had to recover. <laughs> Like quickly, I I just like dole out magical items like crazy and just end up making people way too powerful, such as Matt's rogue who had like a, a mace of frightening or something a like mace that. Mace of frightening, yeah. Yeah, and this this thing which was like meant to give you a challenge, and you guys just um, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you just you just frightened it for the entire fight as everybody just wailed into it. So yeah, the until it was at like you know ten percent HP. Or I something. think that's another aspect that you've got to consider into with. Um, the encounter challenge because mm. if you give a party magical items yeah it's this isn't i know in, in like fourth edition and like third edition they were meant to have lots of items yeah. in fifth you're not so it's like you if you you can do the thing that you did where you gave yeah. us a load of magical items but you've got to make these fights mm. real hard yeah i think to compensate the issue the, the way the solution i found to that is it's not. It's again with the um, action economy and stuff like that, where it's not so much about um, making you know just throwing somebody with more HP and that does more damage. It's about having more things to soak up the attack. Yeah, yeah. So you know, in this case, it was an ice giant, so it was just like one thing to hit. But then maybe in the future, I don't know. I just put some like extra some ice methods, methods. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because right. yeah, when we were. Um because uh, I know I watched a video from Matthew Colwell about minions yeah and was it you that used minions in your yeah one of your games yeah. and then that makes it a lot more interesting yeah because you've got these dudes that are um they're still a threat they're still a threat but it's like a temporary threat yeah. so it's like use this magic item that does like damage to all the people in this area just like bam get those out of the way yeah but then you can't use that again now so it's it's exactly it's the idea of minions is I think perfect for the idea of uh, of what was I saying like higher level play or Not level challenge play. attrition yeah that's what I'm saying because it doesn't take a lot to uh, to take them out yeah but you definitely need something because they are dangerous yeah. so it's it's this idea of, of like a, mm. a really dangerous enemy that's really easy to deal with yeah. so I think that I think they, they work really well yeah. and people was should it- was it your idea the minion plus thing where it was like oh, it's, yeah, it's not so much plus. like a you know it's it's not it's how much either, damage you do it's yeah. the number of hits that you yeah. do to them so yeah. it's like if you've got a minion who's like oh it's a goblin uh, and mm. then they take a hit and then you've got a bugbear which is a minion plus which no matter how much damage you do unless you crit it's yeah. two hits so yeah, yeah. Mm. homebrewing is one that I want to talk about now because say like as I said all you've really done I mean you have looked into the books and stuff like that 
Um, homebrewing, at least from what I can tell and what I've experienced and what I've spoken to about with a lot of people lately, is what... No, I'm phrasing this all wrong. Everything media-wise that I've ever experienced of D&D has always been very serious, taking the books and focusing on the books quite heavily. Whereas in the past, I would say, eight years... Oh, well, really since 5th edition became a thing. Yeah. This current it's, surge yeah. in D&D stuff. Yeah. It's every, I, I know a lot of DMs now, <laughs> like <laughs> especially in work and stuff like that. Um, it's all homebrew. It's all homebrew. Don't know one DM that reads the books. Like, not reads it's the books, weird. but follows the books. I think, because Crit Roll isn't homebrew, right? It is. Yeah. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it it's because it's so set in the world. I assume, I always assumed it wasn't. Mm. Um, never mind, my point is a Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like even, well, you can go on with Critical Role and say like the Adventure Zone, they and D&D and D, um, they're all massive podcasts at the minute that focus on, I guess it's a case of copyright as well, but on homebrew I, stories. That I don't kind think of, it would be no. copyright. They're very like, on, was it, uh, Wizards, 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 Wizards of the Coast. Coast. Yeah, they're very yeah. like, Okay, with people just kind of taking it and running with it from yeah. what I've seen. Oh, that's cool. Like, it's it's yeah. more a thing that they they have the PDFs of the all the books just like online mm. that you can read. It's just yeah. like for free. It's just like the PDF isn't the best, and you have to if you want it. it like you will pay because that's what we used. Yeah. We used the PDF for like the first six ish months when we were playing D anD D, and then yeah. we ended up buying all the books because mm. we were like, it just makes financial and time sense for us to yeah. just have the books in it. Because I keep thinking I should buy a player's handbook, even though I know you guys have got one, but the amount of times that I want it and then someone else is reading it, yeah. like, I yeah. should probably buy the, the player's the handbook. The people who I play D&D with are, like, another outside of friend group. They have, like, four player's handbooks just for the table, and they're all, like, yeah. equally labelled and stuff. So and it's, it's just, like, like, a hundred, it's like, well, 100 to 120 yeah, quid. I mean, I think that the intention is that every player has a player's handbook. Yeah. So each of you have got the the rule book, and then the DM has the Dungeon Master's Guide, the yeah. Master Manual, and all the other stuff. Mm. So you've got, yeah. um, and then maybe you can have like one or two people at the table that'll have like a Volos or a Xanathar's or something like that to like supplement the other players and all their stuff, and, all, and like with the extra classes and the extra races mm. and things like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, going back to the whole um, homebrew. homebrew and stuff like that, um, I think it like like we said earlier, I think it is just part of the whole fun of it because. Like when I, you know, when I DM, like I'll DM because I've made this world and I want everybody else to experience it. Like I don't, I'm not particularly, ah, I want to DM for people. I'm like, ah, I've made this world. I love this world and I want everybody else to share in it and to see it as well. So I think Mm. it is like very much that kind of, you know, just the fun of homebrewing and creating your own world that it's kind of driven everybody towards that. Yeah, as well as the fact that there is a surge of popularity for D&D. There is yeah. this um, this new wave of players co- that have come in because the 5e rule system is quite a lot simpler than some of the ones that came before it. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these new players that, like us, haven't grown up with the previous systems, that yeah. don't know what the what the, the pre-established lore is. So you you started off, and I'm not, I don't think it was there from, I think it started around like third editions when the lore really started coming into the world of D&D. And the Forgotten Realms. I always things. forget that D and D is technically just a world. Mm. I always just kind of forget that. I always just consider the books to be their own things, yeah. like oh, their yeah, own stories. It's like a continu- well, not a continuous story, but worlds have yeah. changed. And there are big events. Coming. Yeah, it's it's like this idea that we made homebrew worlds because we don't know the law that existed. Yeah. But if you've got someone that is, um, so like if you've read the Dragonlance books. And then play D and D afterwards. I imagine that you'd set your world within Dragonlance. Yeah. Much like if I was playing a um, a Harry Potter based role playing game, I would probably set it in Hogwarts because that's already information that's in my head. That is how I mm. perceive things. And yeah. maybe I'd take those rules and put them to a different school somewhere else. Cool. After playing, but as new players, mostly, I think this this like wave of new players is all going to use homebrew stuff because if you're going to if you're going to like put a load of time and effort into something it might as well be something that you're creating rather than something you're taking from someone else I think yeah. that's I, really... I didn't know about sorry um, I didn't know about not I didn't know about homebrew but what I mean is 
from what I've seen, I've said like fourth, third edition stuff. It's all been books. Never, I haven't. There are homebrews of them. I have seen them about the place, but it's just the communities. I'd like to know more. What do the, let's say, more hardcore kind of players think of homebrew? Do they think it lesser than? Because you know, every community has that kind of thing, being like, oh, filthy casual kind of <laughs> <laughs> mentality. From, from what I've seen, every most places in in like the community are pretty pretty accepting of, of both sides of things. Okay. Like you've got a lot of people see it as oh we'll we'll set our game in the Forgotten Realms, but these are a few homebrew elements that are in also. And it can be like because homebrew isn't just settings and stuff, it's rules, it's it's like characters and races. Some people are like, hey, I'm playing the Forgotten Realms, but there's no but we're not gonna play with like Kenku and Arakokra. They're not in the game because they're like bird people. Why are we going to like bird people? Because they're bird people. <laughs> um, that's just fucking cool. Um, yeah, and then you've got other people who are like, hey, uh, I've got like everything going on. But if you've got an idea of how you want something, the, the, main, the main point that usually comes up is tieflings. Tieflings are meant to be these infernal outcasts who everyone hates them because they're like, demon boy, demon boy. Uh, you're not allowed in this pub, demon boy. And then when you play a tiefling it's like hey i want to be a fancy pants man with purple skin and horns and so Mm -hmm. what the players want which is essentially what you're trying to gear towards as a dm is better fitted for a homebrew system yeah 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 i think uh that's a that's a good point as well like what you were saying about the whole you know going back quite a bit now but um the whole you know beforehand it might have been you know dragon lance or if you play a harry potter based game Mm. you know you do it in hogwarts i think for a lot of the newer people as well, D and D is just introduced as a rule set for role playing, yeah. just whatever you want. So it's yeah. like it's just, it is just the the game system. So I think yeah, that's that could potentially be why as well. It's you know mm. it's not this the whole world or it's not there's nothing there's no baggage attached to it. It's just this is how you role play. Here are salt, some swords and here are some races and go for it. Yeah, because mm. as well, it's it's more like for for us, I think more than say other people unless you've got like specific exceptions like i've tried and failed because it's hard to get into Shadowrun, um <laughs> oh, because that's like because that's like a, a type of game that i would want to play that is more suited than D. but most of the time i want to play like a fantasy game but with a slight twist and instead of looking for a new rule system because there, there's some out there there's probably a rule system for the new world i'm creating now there's probably a rule system that is better suited to it than D, but because D&D is there and we know the rules and we don't have to learn a new system it makes sense more to kind of homebrew and, and change it slightly rather than find something else yeah because um, whilst I was at Comic Con I, I, I said I built a one shot but I didn't like we didn't want to go down the fancy route because my friend isn't that into fancy but does like the idea of playing D&D so I was like okay what genre would you like to play a fan, like a, a D&D kind of game and it was like Western, so I made it a one shot mm. called A Town Called Mischief. That was it. I, I just watched a Doctor Who episode of A Town Called Mercy, and I was like, <laughs> no, I'm getting this. Mixed up. Um, and um, I had to translate a lot of spells. So I made all the characters as they would be in, like how, how they all wanted to be, that kind mm. of thing. Then I went through to say, like, turning crossbows into like. Um, just uh, rifles kind of thing, uh, turning Through. certain cantrips into yeah. pistols. Yeah. As a side note, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, it's got stats for guns. It's got stats for like revolvers and rifles. I and... did not know that, because yeah, I yeah. didn't think that they were in this world. No, and it's also got stuff for like grenades and laser guns. And, like cars and shit. Yeah. It's... What? Yeah. So, in the Unearthed Arcana that was recently released, they have a whole thing. It, it, there's a new warlock patron called the it, this not what it's called but it's like the city patron where it's like you're wired into the system of electricity in the city and it's like you have new cantrips like alarm which you set not alarm it's uh, there's like you can turn you can flick light switches on and off and you can like hack systems and you can find the nearest vehicle which is like similar to find steed except you find a like a thing with an engine and all this shit that's yeah. so weird it's pretty like <laughs> what I've experienced of it so far because it's like, so like I had to the... turn spells into like mm. um, 
like quick fire so I'd be like okay so I can't remember what spell I actually used but it would be a ca- it was magic missile was one of them so it would be a case of like quick draw for say like the revolver which would yeah, be yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. that yeah, kind of thing cool, um, hmm. and so like some people would be dual wielding kind of thing so they would still use the revolver but they'd be down to their normal kind of kind yeah, of thing yeah. so it all depended on their character as well so it's like um, like a longbow would be a well a, a sniper yeah, kind of thing yeah. well, not a sniper I think that was the rifle and crossbow or something else but mm. yeah, we it could, was yeah. fun enough to make but translating it I would have rather have done than find something that we'd all have to no, make the rules on yeah which mm. yeah even though it was a, I'm not a, I'm not a good DM because I'm lazy yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> not good no, okay so I'm not putting myself down but I'm not also glorifying myself in this situation <laughs> So I, I would make the characters, but I'd be like, okay, I'm not having this fucking nonsense go on because I'm not. We're not diving deep. This is a one shot. You have your health, you have your weapons, and you have your abilities. Just deal with it, and I'll deal with the story. I mean, and that can, that's really what it boils down to is like having. It's not being like a good DM, but having like a fleshed out world entirely depends on how much time you've put into it. Yeah. Because it's it's just about grabbing a thread and pulling until you know where it ends up. Yeah. And it probably never ends. You've just got to decide one day that you're bored of this thread and put it down and grab another one. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's just, that's how I always built worlds. It's just like, there's something interesting. What What is this? What is this small, this is a small thing. Oh, it's it's a man with a sword. And it's, um, it, oh, it's a guy walking around with a magic sword. Oh, where's the magic sword come from? Oh, it's come over from this city where it was enchanted by this dude. Why is that dude enchanting swords? Well, he's putting out magic swords to people because he wants the... The, to hide this one magic sword that he's given to his mate because his mate's it's a special magic sword he's got to give to the king and why does he have to give to the king and just just keep going on from there and it's just like why is this happening why is that going on from there and it's just like one small thing that just builds and a lot of the time I've, I've, I've done it especially in this new one I'm making is I've, I've started with the mechanics of the game it's like so for example I've, I've decided that um, dwarves have proficiency in uh, hammers and axes and heavy armor because they have a public school system and that is part of the public school system in dwarven society and just from there it's like okay why does it have a public school system that values martial techniques and just go on from there and i can't remember why i started saying the sentence now so, world building world yeah. building <laughs> <laughs> And that's and, yeah. actually a decent place to yeah. come to an end now. Like, I feel yeah. like that's... We're nearly at an hour now, and I feel like that was nice. Mm. I think any final notes from you, then? Do it. Build a world. Yeah, just <laughs> just, just jump in. I think that's that's mm. a big mm. thing with D&D. It's just, just do it, and then figure it out as you go along, because that's the only way you're ever going to learn. Yeah. It's, I, it's good fun. Again, just start with something small and manageable, and then ask the, the questions of why it is the way it is yeah. don't change something to fit the world change the world to fit the thing you've already made nice you should listen to well you should watch and or listen to Nova Academy Nova hosted Academy. by it's me you can go to twitch.tv <laughs> you can go to twitch.tv slash captain crail and if me too. follow follow him uh, every Tuesday at seven o'clock. You can end up re- watching it after the stream's done. You can listen to it uh, when the podcast officially comes out. You can follow at Kaparaj to find out when that is, because no doubt I'll be yeah. not the podcast will be a week behind of the streams anyway. That's cool. Um, um, and yeah, that's all exciting to look forward to. If you want to listen to some more D and D goodness, you can also go to Pomish.com and listen to the Rhyme Quest. Rhyme Quest. Which has all three of these guys. Yeah. Hey. hey. Who's got two thumbs and is one of those guys? Me. Ross is pointing this... to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast platform. You can not, neither confirm or deny that. Listener. Life comes at you in different ways. This has been the Chain oh, Podcast. Wait, quick. Before yeah. we go, I just want to say quickly, we'll build in tip. Have a document or a notepad that is on you at all times for ideas because that shit is good shit. When you're walking down the street and you think of like a really cool idea and you forget it later, that's the worst thing ever. ever. I so, yeah, so I if you have like, an Android device, get Google Keep. That shit has saved see, my life so many times. I have 
I have Microsoft OneNote, which I know is not a service everyone can afford, but it is the 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 best. I have. It's, I thought it, OneNote was free. Oh, fuck knows. Um, <laughs> a description thing. But... Some folk can't afford free. I think. We're gonna phone first. <laughs> yeah. um, which is literally, I have just. It's like I have a tab, and that tab is like countries and gods and general history of stuff, and everything is included there. Then I have like sessions and things. And it's like this one, this one, this one, little, little missions, and then I have just session ideas. Which is just weird shit. I went to go see the Battle of Hell musical, which number one is dope as fuck. Number two, I wrote down, I want a really punk post-apocalyptic city where everything's punk and shit. And they go and it's punk. It's, it's, yeah, do punk. that. Tom is correct. That is the most <laughs> important thing to do ever. Question about OneNote. Can you link from like note subnotes to like another tree of notes? I believe of. So you can. If you're like, oh, blah 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 in city name, and then over in cities you've got city name. Yeah, I believe so. Cool. When I when I made uh, the the world for mm. Conagric, yeah, um, the Rhyme Quest, the Rhyme Quest world, uh, all of my not the not the um like the actual documents themselves, but more I've got like a big sheet where. If something's got a page, I've got that the, the name of the page and the little description of what it is, and each of those names is linked to the actual page that it is to like the big descriptor. Nice. So I can go, um, oh, I'm reading about uh, the history of the city of Zurest, and it's talking about oh, it's the War of the Wings, and then I go back to my main page and then go, what's the War of the Wings, and I click on that and it opens up the War of the Wings page, and that is really useful as well. P.S. Part Two. If while CMing, <laughs> hey guys, have you got any final notes? No, right, okay. No, 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 we do have a lot. Liars. Um, if you go the route of like you just want to do one game, so you don't really plan that whole world thing, and then you start making one around it, keep a sub page or a, like a note thing, which is events that happen and just things that you as a DM have to remember and jot them down. Like this person knows this person and they spoke to this person and also I said that this was a thing in caps fucking remember that this is a thing and also PS 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 <laughs> if your players force you to make a board game in game write those rules down at the time because it's annoying to have to go back and listen to the audio recordings that you probably don't have because you're not doing a podcast and actually get those rules in check that's what we did for the rhyme quest. Yeah, I, I, I was guessing. It seemed, it seemed very... <laughs> At a world will live on! <laughs> that was a very specific thing. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of the Caparaggi Podcast. Uh, thank you guys very much for coming on. Uh, yes, twitch.tv forward slash Captain Krell if you want to watch the Nova stream that is out tomorrow. And please subscribe to him because uh, he's, he's doing a good job streaming. Thanks, babe. No problem. This has been the Caparaggi Podcast. Remember, have a good week. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Bye.